are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? Welcome to this Thursday, July 1st, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. I'm going to take a little walk down memory lane today and review some comments made by former Miami Dolphins defensive tackle Dominic Sue. Very interesting comments about his tenure in Miami and where things went south. And uh, it wasn't all that long ago that Sue was like the hallmark signing of the decade for the Dolphins in free agency. They gave him a monster deal, and he survived half of the six-year deal that he signed with the Dolphins. Uh, So it was pretty interesting to hear him talk and and be quite candid and critical of himself as far as why things did not work in Miami. But we do have a couple of things that I do want to get into beforehand, first of which being a tip of the cap to the Dolphins Challenge Cancer Fundraiser, which set a record this past year in raising $6.3 million to go to the Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center as a part of the Miami University of Miami uh, healthcare system. Uh, this is the 11th year in which the Dolphins have done the Dolphins Challenge Cancer, formerly the Dolphins Cancer Challenge. Uh, and obviously a record-setting amount of money was $6.3 million. This included over 300 funded researchers, 200 teams of fundraisers, 70,000 miles logged, when they did the actual event in the winter, and over 30,000 individual donations. This kind of stuff is really cool to me because obviously the Dolphins are a football team and they play a game on Sundays that a lot of people watch for recreation. But the Dolphins, say what you will about their product on the field, their product off the field is second to none, in my opinion across the league, and that's really not being a homer because the Dolphins were the team that took home the NFL's Huddle for 100 club competition to mark their 100th season of existence in which all the teams combined and had a competition for off-the-field efforts uh, in fundraising and charity and volunteering. The Dolphins led the NFL with $75 million 623,500 volunteer minutes through 89,210 volunteers and 163 events. It's an event like every two and a half days throughout the course of that huddle for 100 club competition that the Dolphins took home the the honor of being the best in show of all 32 teams and $6.3 million for cancer research. Uh, What else can you say? other than a tip of the cap to everybody involved. Uh, If you are a South Florida resident and you participated, kudos to you. Uh, I am hoping next year will be my first opportunity to go down and partake in the festivities myself and actually help raise some money. Uh, I'm hoping that's something I know that's a tough time of year for me with draft season and my responsibilities at the Draft Network, but I'd like to think I could carve out a weekend as long as it's not in conflict with the NFL Combine to help do my part to be a part of what the Dolphins are doing because it is really, really special. So kudos to everybody involved with the Dolphins Challenge Cancer for a record-setting $6.3 million in funds raised 
this past year. Next quick touch point is a follow-up from Power to the Pod. Apparently, the NFL uh, listens to Locked on Dolphins because somebody had asked, hey, is there anybody we need to be paying attention to for the supplemental draft uh, on Tuesday's edition of the show? I said, well, I'm pretty sure the NFL slammed the door shut on that. That became official on Tuesday. Uh, the NFL is skipping the supplemental draft. The motivation really seems to be rooted in uh, the past 12 months with the pandemic and, and how college football, they skipped it last year because they didn't want guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields all leaving school early and kind of bouncing out and, and just making the jump to the NFL with the uncertainty of college football. The NFL said, we're not going to open that can of worms. So one of the f- secondary follow-throughs on that is players at college football were all granted an optional extra year of, of eligibility if they were interested in taking, they had till the middle of March to make that decision. I don't think they wanted to open the door for players to change their mind with that and use the pandemic as their case for hardship because you'd have a really hard time uh, turning down that application of hardship, right? Uh, so the NFL just said, thanks, no thanks, we're not doing it. We don't want to get involved in that. Before we get into Dominic Sue, there was one other study that came out this week that I thought was fascinating And it came courtesy of Pro Football Focus, and they did a coverage uh, study for all 32 teams in 2020. And they found that the Dolphins were the second most unique team as far as what they did on the back end of their defense in 2020 behind only the Los Angeles Rams. That's good company to be in. Now, it's important to note that being unique doesn't make it good. It just means you do more things on a week-to-week, in-and-out basis. I think in the midst of all the concerns about Tua Tungvaloa and the Dolphins' offense and Chan Gailey and Ryan Fitzpatrick and who's to blame and what it's going to look like this year and the wide receivers didn't fit the offense, all that combined, one of the great developments for the Dolphins' offense in spite of an implosion in Week 17 against that team up north who shall not be named Uh, The Dolphins allowed 338 points in 2020, which was the sixth best mark in football. It's the first time since 2016 that the Dolphins' defense had not allowed more points than it had the year prior. And 17, 18, and 19 was a three-year stretch that currently holds three spots in the top six in the history of the franchise for points allowed in a single season. 2017, 393 points allowed. Sixth worst mark in NFL history, 29th in the NFL that season. 2018, 433 points allowed. 40 points more than the year prior, which somehow was only 27th in the NFL. I say only with air quotes. And the third worst mark in the history of the franchise. 2019, You give up 100 points in your first two games combined. You give up a total of 494 points on the season. Dead last in the NFL, worst mark in NFL history, and then you come out the following year and you concede 158 less points and go from dead last to sixth in the NFL, and you entered Week 17 with the number one scoring defense in football. I know Week 17 left a bad taste in everybody's mouth, myself included. I like to pretend that game never existed. As a matter of fact, as far as I'm concerned, but there's still 56 points in that game, 338 points. 
an incredible turnaround. And you, you, you factor that, and you look at all the things the Dolphins did on the back end. They were really rooted, just like you would expect for a Bill Belichick team, a lot of man, a lot of cover zero, a lot of blitz looks. That was the bucket in which the general usage of the back end of the defense and the coverage shells checked out for Miami. Makes sense when you consider how much they're paying all these guys in the secondary, right? Now you take all that, and now you ask yourself, did you upgrade at safety? And we think we did from Bobby McCain to Javon Holland. Did you upgrade your pass rush unit? You think you did with Shaq Lawson to Jalen Phillips. Did you upgrade your interior run defense? Raekwon Davis entering into year two, unquestioned starter at nose tackle, and you put Bernard McKinney behind him. Did you upgrade your nickel corner spot? You got two guys there between Noig Benogany, who's a year in development, and they say is ready to start getting looks in that opportunity, and also Justin Coleman, to compete with Nick Needham. I would argue you elevated every single one of those spots. So no matter what happens with Xavier Howard, if they trade him, if they call his bluff and he sits, if he plays, Xavier Howard's probably not going to get 10 interceptions this year, even if he plays all 17 games for the Dolphins. That's law of averages. We hadn't seen 10-plus interceptions in a season in a decade-plus. But the law of averages says you, you will probably get a couple bounces of the ball your way elsewhere across the entire defense that you didn't get last year. And you have a really good opportunity to log an equal number of turnovers than what you did last year because Xavier Howard had 10. We all know Xavier Howard had 10. There were three of the guys on the defense that had two apiece. Eric Rowe, Nick Needham, Byron Jones. Bobby McCain had one. Christian Wilkins had one. That's it. That is the total number of interceptions this defense logged last year. Eric Rowe had opportunities for three in the Raiders game alone and just happened to get beat out by Darren Waller at the catch point. How many did we drop? Scheme versus talent is a very complicated argument to have. Uh, But what I would say is the Dolphins have the majority of their defense returning. They have continuity on the defensive side of the football from a coaching perspective. You've upgraded a number of spots along the way, but the vast infrastructure of the defense is the same as what it was last year. And Xavier Howard got effectively every bounce of the ball that you can get to get 10 interceptions. I would argue some other guys on the defense didn't get bounce of the ball. There's going to be opportunities, and I think you will stand a chance because talent-wise you're better, and schematically you are so unique, and you've, your team has proven to you if you're Brian Flores, you can do a lot of different things on the back end and have a lot of variety in what you call. There's no reason to think, even if Xavier Howard gets five interceptions, or even if you trade Xavier Howard and your number one corner becomes Byron Jones, with all the other talented pieces that you have, the scheme that you have, you should be able to challenge the 18 interceptions you got as a team last year. It's an average of one a game. That's not an unrealistic expectation with or without Xavier Howard. Now, I'm not using that as justification to trade Xavier Howard. 
if I were the Dolphins, I'd probably look to call his bluff unless somebody blew me out of the water. And if you have Xavier Howard, then let's go. I think there's meat on the bone to be had here because of all the things you can do defensively because your type of player is a super cerebral, super disciplined, super intelligent, effective communicator on the back end. You might have some growing pains in the first month with some new guys in some new places, sure. But the game's also now an extra game longer, and that game doesn't go on the front end, it goes on the back end. The first four games are going to be the first four games just like they were last year for Miami when they started 1-3. and three. And there's more holes in the offenses you're playing this year than what there was last year when you're playing the New England Patriots, who had a chance to blindside you with a brand-new quarterback, the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen, who had a season that, statistically speaking, uh, he may never equal ever again. He was unbelievable. A lot of years, that year wins the MVP because he was making throws like he was making a week two against the Dolphins every single week. And then Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, who were firing on all cylinders like you would not believe. Oh, by the way, you played half of those games without your number two corner who's one of the best number two corners in football. I know we think Byron Jones is quote-unquote overrated. But still. A lot to be excited about defensively with this football team, and I think we at times are a little guilty of overlooking just how good the turnaround was from 2019 to 2020 because we're we're very consumed and present-minded about what the offense is looking like. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and UFC. Head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sign-up bonuses and contest information available to you. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to through the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So continuing here on today's show, we've kind of come to the main event, which is a story that I wrote this story up for Dolphins Wire on Tuesday, and it just absolutely blew up. I mean, I'm talking like 100,000 page views in the first 36 hours on this story about Dominican Sue and his comments about what went wrong with his tenure in Miami and how he, to a certain degree, self-sabotaged his clout within the locker room and helped divide the Dolphins' locker room. So he went on a big tweet spree earlier this week. And I'm going to read the entirety of what he wrote uh, because I think it's, it's, it's really insightful, it's really candid, and I really enjoyed hearing it from Don Kansu, who's a player that, you know, it didn't work out the way that we wanted to. I don't think he was necessarily a bad investment, but again, when you do these dealings in free agency, it's almost going to be impossible to, sign a, to, to live up to resetting the market expectations. So here's Don Kansu on his time in Miami, and the lessons he learned from it and what went wrong. EQ, referring to emotional quotient, is one of the most important traits I look for in people, but for many, it's seen as less valuable than IQ. This is not true. Here's the story of how I learned the importance of EQ the hard way in Miami. If you've watched me play, you know I can be a lot of in-your-face. I'm a very direct person by nature. My job is entirely about imposing my will on others. 
So that bleeds into other aspects of my business. For a long time in my career, I was always just saying what I wanted to say, never thinking about how I delivered the message. Everything changed when I got to Miami. I was in a strong, influential position. Six-year, $100 million-plus contract will do that. So I was just making my opinion known regardless of how it impacted others. Two years in, I realized this attitude was creating divisions on the team, pushing people away, and putting me in a negative headspace. Then came along our new coach. I disagreed with everything he wanted to do, but nothing I said was heard because I couldn't get the support that I wanted. I realized it was because I had zero tact. If you're not careful about how you do things, you end up being the bad guy. So what did I start doing that I still do today? One, I listened way more than I talked. Two, I paid attention to how I interacted with people. Three, I observed others' reactions and adjusted as needed. Four, I chose my words carefully to be more empathetic. It was a total 180. There was less arguing and more agreements. I turned my influence on the team into impact. But more importantly... I felt better about myself and my mood improved. Since then, I've never forgotten how much EQ matters. In business and life, being sensitive to others always brings better results. Don't just think about what you want. Think about what others want. Takeaways. Listening is greater than talking. We have two ears and one mouth. Observe others' reactions to you closely. Assess yourself and be self-aware. Always improve. Think before speaking, especially in disagreements. I promise you'll see better outcomes in your relationships. Thanks, Miami. And Dominic Sue earlier this week. It was a really insightful and enjoyable kind of overview of the situation in Miami. And um, I, I thought of all the things that he said, the one that piqued my interest the most, of course, was Then along came our new coach. I disagreed with everything he wanted to do, but nothing I said was being heard. I couldn't get the support that I wanted. I realized it was because I had zero tact, which <laughs> had me curious. Okay, is he talking about Adam Gase? And the timeline does not match up for this to be Adam Gase. Sue signed in Miami ahead of the 2015 season. He played 15, 16, and 17 with the Dolphins. Gase showed up in 2016, which means... Whoever he's talking about or referring to, if the timeline aligns the way that, that he referred to it in his tweets, came along a year after Gase first arrived on the scene. The first name that came to my mind was former Dolphins defensive coordinator Matt Burke. Obviously, the defensive coordinator in year one in Miami was Vance Joseph who got hired away, had an opportunity to go be the head coach in Denver after one season as the defensive coordinator of Miami, and they went 10-6 and six that season. And then started that downfall in points allowed that we talked about earlier in the show because Matt Burke's first two seasons, he served two seasons as the defensive coordinator of Miami, 2017 and 2018. Those teams finished 29th and 27th in scoring defense and allowed 826 combined points over 32 games, which was over 25 points per game. Sue would only see the first 16 games of that because he was cut in March of 2018 as a cost-cutting move, but also part of Adam Gase's max exodus of talent to craft a culture in the locker room that suited what he wanted that still he eventually lost anyway. There is no losing with Built Bar, however. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 
And these things are top of the first round. They are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar, and they are sure to fill whatever void you need in your dietary needs, whether that's something that's a meal replacement, something delicious, something as a snack, something post-workout, something to grab and go, something in the middle of the night, you name it. Right now, they got 10-plus flavors at BuiltBar.com, and you can save 15% on your next order by visiting BuiltBar.com and using promo code LOCKED15 to save 15%. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. I genuinely do wish the Ndamukongsu era in Miami ended differently. And again, it's not like he was bad. He played three seasons. He played all 48 games. He had 15 and a half sacks. He had 49 quarterback hits. He had 13 passes defensed. He had 37 tackles for loss. He was still a productive player. But again, when you sign a six-year, $114 million or whatever it was contract, the expectations are through the roof. And he was an all-pro in his two final two seasons in Detroit before showing up in Miami. And that doesn't even include the, include the three seasons before that when he had 22 sacks over three seasons. But one of my favorite things about Sue is you do watch him play and you do kind of develop this expectation that he's, he's angry all the time, right? He's like the Hulk because he's so physical as a football player and so stout and strong and has such a, a dynamic personality on the field that that's very much he plays with that edge, right? But then you listen to him talk and you listen to him I mean, from the moment you heard him at the introductory press conference in Miami. And it's like, wow, this, this is a genuinely insightful individual who is not the same person when he's on the field versus when he's off the field. It almost reminded me of, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, obviously this is Locked On Dolphins, but uh, Brian Dawkins with the Philadelphia Eagles, who they, they would always say uh, he for a really long time was very quiet, reserved all throughout the week. And then he'd put the uniform on and on game day and he'd go out to warm up. And boom, he's Weapon X. And he's like a completely different person. And Ndamukong Su uh, really gave you that same vibe when you listened to him talk versus when you watched him play. And um, I've always had a soft spot for him. I am am happy that he won the championship with Tampa Bay this past year because he kind of went from that three-year deal in Miami or got cut halfway through and then a little bit of a mercenary, right? He was in the Rams for a year, went to a Super Bowl, lost, then goes down to Tampa Bay, uh, ends up having six sacks for them this past year. He was a really quality player. Uh, so happy for Ndamukong Su and, and appreciative of his willingness to speak candidly about, hey, this is what I did wrong during my time in Miami and why things didn't work out and the lessons that I learned and how I've applied those listen, lessons to be a different and better player in person and presence uh, moving forward. So congrats to Sue on a championship in Tampa Bay, and congrats to you for making it through another episode of Locked On Dolphins. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We've got one more this week, so hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I am Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Have a great rest of your day today on Thursday, and I hope to talk to you again tomorrow. Fins up.